Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And uh, today we got a little bit of a deep dive for you. But before we start the deep dive, I want to give a little update. (laughs) So uh, if you guys remember on uh, last episode, I believe it was, I talked about me coming back from Houston and uh, seeing something on the side of the road. I wasn't sure. I was kind of like, what was it? It was like all grayed out. I'm assuming now I'm guessing it was just because of the light. Um, you know, that it looked the way it did. Uh, I did end up asking my brother-in-law, you know, what he saw or if he saw it. And he was like, no, I didn't. I was like, did you see the deer that was on the other side of the road? He's like, no, I didn't. I was like, all right. And he goes, dude, by that point I was like falling asleep. I had to have, you know, my wife splash water in my face and stuff like that. So, and then he goes, but ask her cause she probably, she'll probably remember if she did see something. And I said, So I did. And I was like, hey, uh, by any chance, did you see anyone or something on the side of the road, uh, you know, when we were driving back, like after the checkpoint? She was like, yeah, it was a guy like asking for like he was hitchhiking. Right. And he was wearing camo. And I was like, I'm not really sure what he was wearing. I just kind of saw him like really fast. And I saw like a gray figure standing in the on the side of the road. So kind of, yeah, kind of freaked out a little bit. but yeah, I guess, you know, I guess it wasn't paranormal it's after all. Not paranormal, but I mean, I feel like it's still a little weird for anyone to really be hitchhiking these days, but also like in all camel, camo and in the area that you said, like it's, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. Like yeah. it's, it's just field. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've never personally seen anybody like in the entire time since I've been a kid to now. I've never seen uh, that we've taken that route to go to Houston, Austin, San Antonio. I've never, ever seen anybody hitchhiking on the side of the road. This is the first time, day or night. Um, Granted, there was like further down, like I said, a cop was like stopped and he was behind this uh, Mustang or something, I guess it was. And the people were at the edge of the fence. So I don't know if that guy who was originally with them and had walked Mm -hmm. down the road to maybe try and get some help or something. Yeah. I just feel like in the middle of the night you're not gonna you're not gonna find anybody. Especially like especially at it wasn't the middle of the night. It was like maybe seven or eight. But, but still. even then, at that time, like I don't think anybody's gonna stop. You know, in the middle of the road to pick somebody up. So last week we briefly kind of talked about the Hopkinsville Goblin, and I was like, yeah, that'd be totally a great uh deep dive and i'll do that next for sure and uh things have been just completely chaotic over here on my end like i thought the ho- like once the holidays were over like things would be fine but they've just picked up more which is wonderful from a business standpoint but like i still work a regular job so i'm working basically two jobs Perfect all that collection to say, out now at pro yes. skull alchemy yes <laughs> but all that to say I'm super behind and I was like yeah let me just do this other thing that I came across it's like it'll probably be shorter because I, I want to do the Hopkinsville one some justice and then I picked this deep dive and I was like fuck because it still took me like four hours to <laughs> research and type yeah. out honestly these probably dives, more than four hours I was gonna say these deep dives aren't short even though they're even if they're short on paper they're mm-hmm. still not short to do 
Yeah, no, definitely not. And this this one definitely and and too because I like to listen to other podcasts or like watch an episode of whatever to kind of get more information and like I'm typing as I'm watching and stuff. Um but or listening and, and whatnot. And so this, yeah, this was just another one of those and um it ended up not being shorter than I uh, anticipated, but it's still a good one, and it is still UFO alien related. And I decided to go with the Aurora, Texas UFO incident. Had you ever heard of it before I mentioned it? No, I had not. But then again, I feel like everything you like, I've like I know about things, but it's like the super, 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 super famous stuff, like Roswell. Yeah, like Roswell and, and stuff like that. But. Yeah, so every time you bring something up, like no idea, dude. I'm this is my first time learning, and when I do the when I have to do the deep dives myself, it's like I'm I'm learning as I'm as I'm researching. So, gotcha. and I think it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of fitting that you're doing this right now because of everything that's going on. Yeah, I I, I thought so too. Um, you know, we had we had talked about the Hopkinsville goblin, so I was like, yeah, it'd be perfect. But I mean, we did also talk about briefly. You know, all the, the UFOs or UAPs that are being spotted all across, uh, you know, the, the United States, really. Um, and I guess all over the world. But uh, it, it's, it's Meteorites. funny. Yeah. Balloons, things like that. <laughs> um, and it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because this kind of all started because of a, like, UFO flap, basically, uh, that was going on in the United States. And things just kind of snowballed. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to pretend like I totally did that on purpose and I, (laughs) um, chose this because of what's going on in, in the world right now with UFOs or UAPs, but, uh, I'd be lying if I said that, but let's just pretend that's, that's what I did. But yeah, so the, the Aurora, uh, UFO incident. But, uh, Eric, if you can kind of tell us. A little bit about Aurora because I think it's pretty important that you have like a foundation of what the city is uh, before we kind of get into everything that happened. Alrighty, so yeah, guys, if you're not from Texas or if you are from Texas and you've never heard of of Aurora, Aurora is a tiny town north of Dallas, previously known for growing cotton. Hope it's not pronounced another way besides Aurora because Texas and Texas is notorious for calling place like pronouncing names of places differently than they're spelled i.e refugio which is spelled refugio but it's called it's (laughs) pronounced refugio or something like that so that's weird no this one's definitely aurora okay as of 2020 the united states census there as of the as of the 2020 united states census there are 1,390 people living or residing in in the city and it was first established in 1882 as part of a bigger vision to build a train line across Texas that would stop in Aurora and bring in tourism, boost business and put the city on the map. Unfortunately, the city faced one hardship after another. The first of that of those hardships being overplanting and overworking the land that caused their soil to lo- lose its nutrients and their yes. crops lose (laughs) that's how i was like lose okay uh, lose its nutrients and their crops (laughs) began and their crops began to fail 
Then an infestation of beetles ruined what little crops that were able to grow. And then shortly after that, a fire broke out that destroyed the entire western part of the city. And then to add to all these disasters, spotted fever broke out, killing citizens and forcing others to leave the town. Like, and the final this. blow. What's that? I said, fuck this. There's yeah. yeah, that's fucked. And then so the final blow to the city was when they got news that the railroad would no longer be built. And it was built in a neighboring town instead. Yeah, when I uh, and I think I put this in the report later on, but when. I was doing research and and wanted to do a little bit of research on Aurora first. They said that it was just so small and nobody like gave a shit about it that it literally did not show up in maps sometimes. Like that's just how small it was that it didn't even make the cut to be on a map. (laughs) So I thought that was crazy. Damn. Um, It's probably, it's probably like, is it not, is it not a suburb of Dallas now or is it just still a small town? I think it's, I mean, you, you <coughs> literally just read that there's only 1,300 people living in there. Mm. It's pretty tiny. Um, and I true. think it's a little further up north. Like, there's definitely cities in between mm. um, Dallas and that That it's still, they would need to soak up those cities before they, they got uh, Aurora, for sure. Mm. But, I mean, um, because it is so close to Dallas, like, a lot, well, We'll get into it, but like there's like the Dallas Morning Star and, and reports and reporters that uh, come from Dallas. Mm. But uh, yeah, let's let's kind of get into what all happened. I'm I'm gonna come in with the crash itself and then the fallout and you know the aftermath of of everything that happened after, and then maybe some. Uh, I don't know if I should leave that in, but some, no, I won't. I'll just let it play out. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So the crash landing. So this all started around six o'clock in the morning on April 17th of 1897, not 1997, 1897. The and- year of the Greenbrier ghost. Was it really? I think so. Hold on. Give me a second. Let me double check. Well, while you're checking that, um, so keep in mind the city was like made or formed what am i trying to say the city was founded established (laughs) established in 18 uh wait did oh 1882 never mind well yeah i mean so this is 1897 whoa that's crazy this is when she was murdered yeah in january too right so this is like a few months after uh wasn't it she should have been because it was yeah. like the cold kept her preserved. Too oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She, the three months after being married, January 23rd, 1897, she was found dead. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, well, yeah. So then shortly after <laughs> the Green Fire Ghost. Um, yeah. The, I mean, obviously, this was 20 years. Or the, the city hadn't even, wasn't even around for 20 years. So it's still pretty brand new. Um, but April 17th, 19, 1897. This was 50 years before the Roswell incident, so you can't blame this on, oh, Roswell, and it was in the news, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, because it hadn't even happened yet. Like but, the Green Guard ghost. Yes. <laughs> Citizens in Aurora saw a craft hovering in the sky, and they thought it was uh, one of the aircrafts that had been spotted over the United States over the, the past few months, and um, we'll kind of get into the that it was called the airship 
wave of um, 1897. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, people were, were seeing these reports in the newspaper. So it's like, oh, it must be one of those aircrafts that people have been seeing. And uh, they described it as a giant, shiny, silver cigar-shaped UFO with a, a bright white light that was attached to it. Um, but something seemed off. It looked like it was struggling to uh, to just fly, to, to get across the sky. They, they noticed that there is some, uh, some smoke clouds coming off the back of it. And uh, again, this is all farmlands and stuff, so people have lots of... Um, lots of land, lots of property. But if you over uh, a man named Jim Stevens land, uh, he lived a few miles from downtown and he said that it was flying north towards the town square. And then the ship's altitude just dropped drastically and it flew over a man named, uh, everyone has like initials for their names. It's kind of funny. Uh, but J.S. Uh, Proctor's farm. And it hit Proctor's windmill and it just, you know, exploded and broke up into lots of pieces, hundreds of pieces, whatever. Uh, there is metal just buried in the ground and embedded in trees. And the property was just destroyed. You know, his garden beds, whatever farm ground, you know, he had, it was just all destroyed. Uh, and of course... You know, you hear this big explosion, you see this huge fire, citizens rushed over to see what was going on, because that's what you do in a small town, right? And it wasn't until the smoke cleared that they were able to make out what had happened. Um, obviously, some sort of aircraft had had crash-landed, and they searched the debris trying to figure out what, what it was and, and how it happened, and that's when they came across the aircraft or the pilot of the aircraft. And he was not human. Question. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm just seeing things that weren't true. But wasn't one of the UFOs that they had seen or the video that they have gotten that mm-hmm. they had gotten of the UFO before it was like shot down or whatever? Wasn't it also like cigar shaped cigar shaped? Tic Tac UFO. I mean, yeah, uh, there's a, yeah, the Tic Tac UFO. Um, but yeah, cigar, sh- cigar shaped UFO has definitely been reported multiple times throughout, I don't know, alien sightings period, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I guess, why people are like, oh, yeah, well, it's one of those things that everyone else has been seeing. But yeah, uh, they, and, and I think I mentioned this later, they just saw things like lights in the sky, like turning on and turning off or like moving around. Whereas in Aurora, it was like crash land. They actually had a body and a ship. Yeah. Or pieces of a ship, what was left of it, basically. Um, but but they found some super weird things at... Such as? At the crash site. <laughs> what were they? So after a crash landing like that, the body was, of course, not in the best shape. But they could see, they could still tell that it was some sort of creature and was not human. They described them as small and disfigured, about half the size of an average human. And the oddest part was that even though these beings were in pieces after the crash, they could tell that they were that they had more arms and legs than us. Another weird discovery. I was just going to say, I, I kind of wrote that wrong. When it says they, it's not uh, like a more than one. It was one. It, would, it just... 
it's like a matter of like you don't know if it's male yeah. or female and this mm-hmm. isn't like a, oh like don't assume a gender no it's literally yeah. just because they didn't they ha- like how do you it i guess yeah. no well but i yeah. mean you could say it but they yeah. works i mean that's yeah a proper pronoun for you know for if that you don't know what yeah, yeah. for sure so i, I just uh, wanted to clarify that it was one and not many it's only one pilot so other weird discoveries were a notebook that was filled with hieroglyphics or some strange language that nobody could understand. And the ship itself was an aluminum alloy mixed with iron that only weighed several tons, which is insane because nothing that heavy should be able to fly without wings or propellers. Um, all signs seem to point to this being an alien spaceship with an alien pilot. But he had a notebook. A notebook. I mean, I don't know. It was also reported that it was just papers mm. and like not necessarily like an actual notebook. Time uh, traveler. I was gonna say, but there is that theory that like aliens. Because I feel like so, from what I understand, from like theories of time, some like theories of time travel and stuff like that, and from Donnie Darko, <laughs> it's the director's cut. Because this gotcha. comes out in the director's cut, oh, okay. um, there's like the the whole principle of needing water and metal in order to be able to like Continuous time travel. Split. Oh, no, 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 for time travel and stuff like that. I don't remember the exact like principle behind it or whatever, but that's why. Spoiler alert: If you haven't watched the movie, that's why the turbine is like at the end of the movie goes back in time and ends up crushing him in the movie. Hmm. because oh well so just for for you know refresh to refresh your memory at the beginning of the movie um his sister goes on a trip for like this dance competition his younger sister and then he ends up like getting out of bed or not going home that night or something like that and a a, a, a plane engine oh, like yeah. a, ends up you know yes crash landing into his room but he's not yeah. in the room so he doesn't die but then, like, all this shit starts to happen, and then he's experiencing that thing, which is also kind of like wormholes, and, like, mm-hmm. he's seeing, you know, anyway. At the end of the movie, or I think it's at the end of the movie where the sister ends up going on that plane, and when they're on the plane, she ends up, like, I think the plane goes down, or one of the turbines gets blown off of the plane, and... um then like you just kind of see it going and then all of a sudden you see him laying in bed and then the this time he doesn't get out of bed i think because he already knew like what was gonna happen yeah so the turbine ends up like coming through and destroying like falling and killing him because at the beginning of the movie what was weird was that the people didn't understand like why like where that turbine came from because there was no reports of any i think planes going down Mm. so it that's what the i think the whole point of the movie like, honestly guys if you're gonna watch donnie darko watch it but watch the director's cut because there's like way more explanation and the movie makes a lot more sense if you watch the director's cut or just watch it because jake gyllenhaal's in it so I yeah mean, it's all you really need and it's a good movie it's yeah, kind of weird it but it's a good movie i need to watch it again <laughs> i have it apparently <clears throat> but i don't think i have the director's cut was it mine might have been <laughs> you just left it there probably yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I had mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the airship wave of 1897, um, and you know, why it was important, why it was important to the story. 
Um, and so during the last two decades of the 19th century, there were just countless reports from around the world of mysterious aircrafts. And in the United States, there's a whole bunch of newspapers uh, or newspaper accounts of uh, airship sightings that were published in the late 1896 into uh, 1897. You mean oh. this exactly lines up with the Greenbrier ghost because she was married in late 1896? Oh yeah, see, I'm telling you, I did this all on purpose because I was lining it up with the Greenbrier ghost of last month and with all the alien U- UAP sightings and being shot down and all that stuff. This this is why I did it, guys. It's totally, I did it on purpose. I'm just, I think that that deeply that. I just wanted to, you know, line it up perfectly. She wants to fuck with your minds and make people think about conspiracies. Yes, yes. It's all connected. <laughs> um, but reports said that, you know, they had just seen crafts flying in the sky or strange lights or shiny silvery ships with wings. And some saw cigar-shaped UFOs. Uh, some claimed that the occupants of the craft uh, identified themselves as being from Mars, and it was never clear whether people were seeing the same ship or different ships, you know, just across the U.S. But, I mean, to me, it kind of seems like they're seeing different ships. If Some were seeing cigar shapes, some were seeing some with wings, some with lights, um, and things like that. I mean, unless it can just morph. but Or yeah. they have different ships. That too, that too. Um, the reports actually started in California, and by 1897, the sightings had spread all the way to the Midwest and, and like to the plains. Um, and so it's just literally sweeping the nation. Uh, it's likely that the Aurora, Aurora incident didn't get much attention at first because news outlets were just flooded with stories and uh, of sightings from all over the U.S. So um, it actually took decades for this to like really take off. Um, but again, we'll we'll get to that later. And the first initial report was from a man named uh, or reporter named S. E. Hayden. That's what I'm saying. No one has a fucking first name. They just go by initials. So S. E. Hayden. Um, sometimes it's like, spelled. I was gonna say. I feel like that's a very like late 1800s like cowboy western era yeah. type thing. <laughs> it's just like your first two initials and your last name. I can see that. I would have been like E.J. Connor. That sounds cool. M.D. Well, I sound like a doctor. M.D. Connor. Yeah, I'm a doctor. <laughs> um, That'd be hilarious. Right? It's MD like, Connor. oh, no, guys, I'm not actually a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you you would probably have like an herbalist apothecary type thing. Oh, going fuck on. yeah. Hell yeah. And then I'd be hung for being a witch or something. Say Selling snake oil and shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I not sell snake oil. Uh, so this this reporter, S.E. Hayden, wrote about the incident. He was the first one to report on it um, and you know sent it into the Dallas Morning News. And it was published on page five with all the other reports uh, or the sightings across the U.S., I guess, in, in that time period. Um, and I actually was able to find the original article, and I kind of want to read it so that you guys can get an idea of... Um, or actually, I guess, Eric, if you want to read it, and then I'll continue. All right. A windmill demolishes it. Aurora Wise, Wise County, Texas, April 17th, to the news. About 6 o'clock this morning, the early risers of, the Aur- of Aurora were astonished at the sudden appearance of the airship, which has been sailing through the, ca- the country. 
it was traveling due north and much nearer to the earth than ever before. Evidently, some of the machinery was out of order, for it was making a speed of only 10 or 12 miles an hour and gradually settling towards the earth. It sailed directly over the public square, and when it reached the north, just north part of town, collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill and went to pieces with a terrific explosion scattering debris over several acres of ground, wrecking the windmill and water tank and destroying the judge's flo- flower garden. Sorry, guys. These letters are kind of small, and I'm already old. I'm 35, so I think I need bifocals. Zoom in on that shit. Uh, <clears throat> the pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one on board, and while he remains the badly he and while his remains oh his remains are badly disfigured oh my god they're assuming genders oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> enough of enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world mr tj weems the united See? states oh yeah no i saw that earlier right, uh, right now uh and guys i'm not making fun of the whole thing i'm just you know it's we anyway um Mr. T.J. Weems, the United States Signal Service officer at this place and an authority on uh, on astronomy, gives it as his opinion that he was a native of the planet Mars. Papers found on his person, evidently the record of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphic and and cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or mode. Motive power? Mm-hmm. Motive power? Like how yeah. it was yeah. mm-hmm. It was built of an unknown metal resembling somewhat a mixture of aluminum and silver. Aluminum? Aluminum and silver. <laughs> and it must have weighed several tons. The town is full of people today who are viewing the wreck and gathering specimens of the strange metal from the debris. The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. Bro, Did they give him wait. my... Oh my god! No, dude. what were you about Jesus to say? Christ. I was going to say, are they going to give him a fucking Christian like burial and shit? Oh my god! <laughs> now they're fucking assuming his religion, dude. Oh my god! Just wait. I'm literally about to read about Jesus that. Christ. <laughs> literally, Jesus literally. Christ. Literally, <laughs> no pun intended, guys. Sorry. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Um. So, what report from the newspaper has said? Oh there my so- god, I just fucking Wait. read the end. <laughs> no. Yo, this is so stupid. <laughs> okay, so again, there's there's multiple reports. It wasn't just the, the Aurora um report, but after that came out, people started calling in like, oh wait, yeah, I totally have seen a spaceship and like talked to the alien whatever um so one report from the newspaper said that a man interacted with the beings and claimed that they were from a secret civilization from the north pole which is kind of funny (laughs) there is that like a conspiracy theory about a whole bunch of shit going on in the north pole but it's too cold so you can't actually get there but i thought you were gonna say some like flat earther shit where like oh no there are no poles no no no, we don't know what's beyond our our walls no, I mean, no, it's that there's a secret civilization in the North Pole and that they're mm. doing, I don't know, some sort of like government testing. President Obama and Biden went to go visit it at one point. I don't even know. It's ridiculous. Dope. Yeah. But uh, because of all these crazy claims, the, the newspaper felt like or- the Aurora crash was bullshit, too, because like, I mean, if someone's claiming 
you know, these conspiracy theories and it's like everything must be a conspiracy theory or bullshit. Um, and all they had to do was present the reporters with the evidence they had found, right? Because there's wreckage, there's a body and all that stuff. But instead, they had actually just thrown away all of the metal from the wreckage, specifically into the well of of the, the uh, what's his name, Proctor? Because mm. um, it Proctor. like, Judge Proctor, yeah. The, the windmill actually had uh, a well on the inside so they just mm. threw everything down the well to to get rid of it so they couldn't provide any metal and um uh and then the the notebook like nobody ever mentioned it again other than in the article that you just read like nobody had any proof uh, proof or had seen it or anything it was just in the article mm. and then so you're like all right well the body right like it's an alien <coughs> body that 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 right there is surely enough to for for proof, but uh no, they buried it, and they didn't just bury it, but they gave it a proper Christian burial, like you guessed, Eric. And because of the Christian burial, the grave could not be exhumed for official investigation without permission from the next of kin. And well, you can't get permission from the next of kin if he's not even from this world. That's so and- stupid. Well, it's and and I'll and I'll talk more about it later because they try and dig up multiple times and they keep they just keep getting told no. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll we'll get into more detail. But but I mean, they they named him. They named him Ned. Ned, Ned. the alien. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> it's cute too because like uh, Twenty One Pilots did a whole uh, album and they had this little alien guy and his name was Ned. Name Ned. Yeah, it's like a little alien. It's cute. Uh but anyway, yeah, so so the, at this point like there's there's no proof cuz all the the shrapnel or all the the metal from the ship is in a well, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet below the ground and the body is supposedly buried in the graveyard and or the cemetery and can't be exhumed. That's dumb. <laughs> I there's... I figured somebody would have like tried to I mean, you said that they've tried, but like yeah. would have done it by now you know yeah again we'll we'll get into it but i want you to tell me about all the other crazy theories that came out with this too oh i'll get into some conspiracy theories before yeah. that though there there's this uh, thing called uh it's a gaming organization called optic and they always mm-hmm. do like optic is capital o lowercase p capital t so their alien mascot that they have because they have they got sent an alien uh-huh. they named theirs alan Alan, Alan, Alan. Be- because oh. Alan the alien, because whenever you capitalize the A and the I, oh. it looks like A-L-L-E-N. So I Alan the it. alien. All right. I guess it's kind of cute. Yeah. So yeah, some, some crazy theories. So one theory was that the aircrafts were real and wealthy people like the Rockefellers were fleeing to Mexico so that they wouldn't be prosecuted over their business monopolies. I mean... Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look what the uh, Elon Musk and uh, what's this guy uh, Jeff Bezos and yeah, that other guy from Virgin space. are doing. Yeah. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like, I as I was researching and reading this, I'm like, wait, this is all. I feel like almost like happening. Maybe not necessarily the the crash, but 
uh, some of these like theories, like that one in particular, it's like, yeah, wait, we do have billionaires trying to get into space and building spaceships. Like it's, it's wild that this is a theory, you know, a hundred years ago and, or more. And it's like, it's wait, happening but that's now. what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, not that they're trying to escape to Mexico, but they're literally trying to escape the planet. To Mars. Yeah. Which is why time travelers. Yes. A stamp company tried to take credit saying it was a craft of theirs used for advertising when they wrote the paper with their claims. Wrote say when they wrote the paper with their claims, they were very cleverly they very cleverly, sorry, added the company address in case anyone wanted to place an order. That was pretty genius, I thought. This is just free advertising. It's like, oh yeah, those totally us. Um by the way, if you want to buy stamps, this is our address. <laughs> And uh, the incident left the news in a matter of days. Even the UFO sightings across the country fizzled out by May of 1897. Shortly after the invention of the aircraft by the Wright brothers, seeing low-flying aircrafts was normal. Hmm. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Hold on. Now I need to check something else from the Greenbrier Ghost. Mm-hmm. Was what was that? May, May what? 1897. It doesn't say when, but February was the autopsy. June was the jury. Oh. So so close, after. so close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you had said, everything kind of just ended up dying out, and that that little uh, UFO flap of sightings just kind of uh, died down. And in 1945, no more 1800s, 1945, there's kind of a second wind of like popularity um, with this because a new family had moved in to the the farm. Uh, they were the, the Oates family. And they had absolutely no idea what had happened. They were just purchasing land because they just wanted land. And they pretty quickly found out a whole bunch of weird things about the land i guess um so he had uh he set out to to clear the old well because remember i mean it was like covered up and they had put stuff on it and whatnot um and so he he cleaned it up and found uh large pieces of corroded metal so it's like oh okay then that might be it right and they thought maybe it was from like the old windmill like maybe it just you know collapsed into the well too which makes total sense um, and they eventually learned that the the land was unviable, so they couldn't grow anything. Like it was literally just land to build on at this point because they they couldn't grow crops. Um, and after a few years, they actually lost their daughter to a mysterious illness, and doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And like polio was was a thing, but I mean, at this point, they had an idea of like polio and like symptoms you know, and yes and and but. this wasn't that and they they were na- never able to to figure out what what had happened to her um and then both parents and they're only like in their mid-40s or so ended up suffering from like severe arth- arthritis and uh brawley oats who's like the the husband or the father uh he actually grew tumors in his hands and it just like made them unusable like he couldn't use his hands anymore and doctors said that hmm. it it was like some sort of like radiation poisoning so it's like even more like what the fuck um like checks boxes basically 
And again, he does not know that any of this, like the crash landing has happened. Um, and I, at this point, he believes that all of these misfortunes like have to be traced back to the well um, and that maybe they're drinking contaminated or, or poisoned water. Um, but Well, I mean, if if they threw it down there, whatever, you know, metal it was made of or if it was irradiated, uh, then that would seep in. I mean, that would be in the water. So yeah. but I would I would assume that it would also affect other people in the town. Yeah. Um, and at least, yeah, no reports were were really made. So let's talk about Etta Peggs. Etta Peggs was born in 1887 and was only 10 years old when the incident occurred and didn't move to uh, didn't move to Aurora until much later. Although she didn't have a firsthand sighting, she was probably one of the biggest skeptics. Uh, she wrote a book about the city of Aurora, and while taking the res- talking to re- sorry talking to residents, was able to get more information about the crash. She claimed there was never a windmill on the farm and that the whole thing had been made up by Essie Hayden to bring business into the dying town. It makes sense considering how badly the town was struggling. Brawley Oates disagreed with her and was able to find what used to be the foundation of the windmill. The only issue is that even residents who claimed to have witnessed it couldn't agree on the details of the incident. The only thing that they could agree on was that something had crashed. Q. UFO investigators um, multiple years later in the spring of 1973. So now we're in 1973. Uh, UFO investigator Hayden Hughes. So this is a different Hayden. It's not S.E. Hayden, the original author of the article. This is Hayden Hughes, who is a UFO investigator. Uh, and he stumbled across the story and was like, fuck yeah, let's get a group together and go investigate what happened in Aurora in 1897. And um, an aviation reporter for the Dallas Morning News named Bill Case um, caught wind of of their investigation. And he actually also worked for MUFON, Mutual UFO Network. I think so. Mutual UFO Network. Yeah, so he actually was a, a MUFON investigator too. So, I mean, it was perfect uh, and he decided to get in contact with he- uh, Hughes so that they can kind of team up and see what was going on and he was actually be- because he worked for the Dallas Morning News was, was able to find the original news article written by S.E. Hayden um, and it kind of even more so was like okay no I really want to do this or investigate this and was just super determined to find out once and for all whether this was a hoax or a true story. And so he joined the team. And they went to the farm, and and Oates, who was the current owner still, welcomed the investigation because he wanted answers as well. And so the first thing that they wanted to do was investigate the the well, but it was too difficult to remove the the cover that Oates had placed on the on top to seal it off because he was all pissed. and was like, fuck this, it's the well water, and sealed mm-hmm. it off. But they didn't have any type of equipment or, or means to to open it up again. So they're like, all right, screw it. And just walked around the property with metal detectors. And a lot of the stuff that they found was just junk, um, like shell casings and just random other metal parts. But uh, they did find a few pieces of metal that were like wrapped around rocks. 
mm. um, and other objects, kind of implying that they had been super duper hot when they, you know, stuck to these things. So like an explosion or a fire or something. And um, they wanted to examine the pilot, right, whose burial site was somewhere in town. And they were able to get in contact with a, a town elder who led them to this old oak tree in the Aurora Cemetery with a rock that was supposedly the like the place marker or mm-hmm. yeah the head no yeah place marker. Um, and when they ran the metal detectors over the area, they got a hit, and they were able to confirm that it was the same type of metal as the farm. And now I don't know how these metal detectors work because I always thought it was just like metal, metal, not mm-hmm. like being able to specifically tell what type but yeah they claimed that it was the same type of metal that was found at the farm but they could not get permission from the city to dig it up and it was like the aurora cemetery like council or like some shit like like that um and yeah so they didn't they didn't let them dig it up and uh shortly after getting denied access to dig it up they were able to find uh or the scraps of metal that they found went missing. Hmm. And the rock that was marking like the alien pilot's burial site also went missing and was never able to, to, to be recovered. And I think if I'm not mistaken, since then they have like put something else. Uh, Cause I remember there was like a lawyer that put out a, like a reward, like, return the rock kind of thing, like a thousand dollars. But I, I know that there's another some sort of place marker there because people will leave stuff at the at the cemetery but uh, after this occurred the city wanted nothing to do with the investigators when you know all this stuff started going missing and whatnot and they actually hired security to watch over the cemetery so that you know they could make sure that no one was coming to investigate at night which they did think about doing but they didn't do it because there's a security guard um, the only evidence that they could gather at this point now that everything had been stolen or went missing, was just from eyewitnesses who were still alive, but I mean they're really fucking old, and and also the the testimonies that they were they got were kind of like secondhand and not actually there, like they saw it with their own eyes, kind of thing. Um, so after Hughes and Case published the findings, they became you know huge sensations, and it kind of uh, the, the city was back on the map and. Uh, I had put in here, but I said it earlier already, like fun facts, when the city was like pretty much dying and almost became non-existent like a ghost town, it literally did not show up in maps because it was just that small. Um, but, you know, with all this new information and this investigation, I kind of put them back on the map. Um, and then came the tourists. The aftermath. Oh. Well, the tourists are the aftermath and everything that comes with shitty human beings not um, being respectful of stuff so as you can imagine people came from all over the country to visit the crash site and supposed burial site Uh, they started charging tourists to visit these sites and even sold the scrap metal on the side of the road claiming it was from the ufo that's fucked up right things started to take a bad turn when people began sneaking into the cemetery and desecrating the other graves i like like people from the conjuring house yeah, that's right. But people were literally breaking off pieces of like other headstones just to be like, I got a piece from like the alien UFO cemetery kind of thing. It's like, no, dude, you don't do that. that. That's how you get a haunting. Yeah. Or poultry guys in your house. 
I hope they all got haunted. <laughs> right. But anyway. So business uh, businesses started to use the incident to their advantage and embrace the craziness. One interesting piece of evidence that was found by a biology professor was a piece of metal about six inches long that was made up of 75% iron and some zinc and some zinc as well, but the iron was different. When they placed a magnet next to this metal, it didn't react the way it should. The other odd thing was that it was so soft and glossy, unlike your typical iron that's more dull and brittle. When his findings were published, everyone was excited but was, cl- but was quickly debunked by a metal- metallurgist. Metal- yeah. Metallurgist? Yes. That explained that depending on how iron is forged and cooled, it could be non-magnetic. Boo. Boo this man, dude. I know. Fucking ruin so- everybody's fun. <laughs> Like, I was so excited. I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So in in 1973, Mufon found another piece of metal on the farm and sent it to get tested. The result came back stating that it was 95% ultra pure aluminum and 5% iron. The mixture needed to be needed very sophisticated refining techniques that didn't exist in the late 1800s. These types of refining techniques didn't exist until 10 years after the crash. They sent it to another lab for a second opinion, and that came, and they came back with the same conclusion. So after all these findings, and like clearly we found some mysterious, um, you know, evidence and metals and stuff. So like now, can we go dig? And they're like, no, still, um, and they just like shut it down. And yeah, I, I did, I did um, not finish my thought here, but they basically shut down like case and hughes and we're like you can't like just get the fuck out of here like stop investigating we want nothing to do with this uh so that investigation was closed but cue more investigators um in 2008 because if you have a tv show then they're more than willing to let you in but in 2008 the ufo hunters uh tv show on the history channel have you ever seen it no yeah i haven't either but now i kind of want to watch it um but they have an episode where they investigated the farm so i'm sure you could watch the episode and get all of this information and more um but yeah i'm gonna give you a quick rundown i guess of what they discovered um but so the tv show came and they were able to investigate the farm and they brought in uh, some special equipment and were able to actually open up the well because they had the means to they had money because it was a tv show and and the equipment and the technology and while they didn't find any metal in the well they did find that the water had high levels of aluminum which kind of suggested that there had been pieces of metal in there at some point um that were maybe just later removed and the water was still safe to drink, though. So whatever affected the Oates family, like it didn't come from mm. the drinking water. So it's still like, okay, well, then what What did it come from? Um, after the investigation was complete, they were not able to find any sort of evidence to, to confirm the incident. But what they did find out was uh, some very interesting evidence about Essie Hayden, the original reporter who wrote the article. Um it was said that Hayden was uh, only a part-time journalist and he was actually a, a cotton farmer who probably also lost a lot of his crops and whatnot. And he had a big personality and loved practical jokes. Um, 
And some evidence that this might have been all made up was that in his article, he claimed that the T.J. Weems guy, who was mm-hmm. like a military, I don't, like an astronomer, um, he actually wasn't. It turns out he was actually the town blacksmith. So he just threw out names and it wasn't even, that part wasn't true. Um, and then other details like the notebook, like it was only in that article, but no one else remembers a notebook with hieroglyphics. And, um, yeah. you know, so it was said that. <laughs> It was said that it was probably just all a joke to bring in tourists and money for the city. And and it worked. Like, there's literally, uh, if you go now, you know, the, the sign, like, Welcome to Aurora has a UFO. They have the Crash Landing Cafe. They have, mm-hmm. like, Margarita. It's all alien-themed stuff. So I feel like it's very much another raw. So they called it, uh, not Area 51, Area 114. I don't know if that's, like, Area, Area 69. Oh my God. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, they at this point, I think back in the day, like a lot of people were like, no, UFOs don't exist. And like they didn't want that. And they probably still to this day a little bit, but it clearly brings in tourists and money. And they just had this huge like UFO convention, you know, and, and whatnot. So if you're sitting, it's like Loch Ness Monster or like I said, Roswell or. You know, people make these crazy claims and they bring attention to cities that, you know, probably struggling. And now these cities are making money and whatnot. And it's like, it's annoying if that's what it was. But like from a business side, like it's smart, but it's still kind of annoying that you would do stuff like that, I guess. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, like... I, I was kind of bummed, like doing all this research. Like these these kind of deep dives bum me out a little bit. Where it's like, you, and you get to the end, and then you realize it's probably a hoax, and you're like, God damn it! But yeah. well, I mean, it, <clears throat> it's like what Tom was telling us that we have to also try and find the people who are naysayers because to give both sides. You know what I mean? So yeah, I always feel like there's always going to be skeptics about everything, and and um, you just. <clears throat> You got to try and hope you can find evidence that suggests otherwise, but it, it does suck. And the thing is like at the time there was nobody to kind of like people were kind of like, that's what I'm talking about. Like between now and I always say this, but like now and, and, and then is people believed shit a lot more than, than they do now. I mean, people still believe a lot of shit that they read on Facebook and online, right. Without fact checking any of it. But there are a lot of things that I feel like conspiracies that people are more willing to um, be like, I don't know, dog, you know, yeah, might not be true. But then again, you do have people who do believe heavily in conspiracy theories. Like, but the thing that did seem weird to me was the notebook. Like I went like, when we were talking like that, like it just, that, I got hung up on that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why? Like a notebook? Why would why an, alien an alien have, have a notebook? It's all like a tablet or some <clears throat> shit. Like yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. We don't know why they would have a, a notebook. You know? Yeah. I I did. Uh, I told you not to let me forget, and I forgot. Oh, there yeah. is there's a, a a sign or like a plaque. I I assume they have them in other states too, right? Like it's not just yeah, a Texas we literally thing. have. Oh. Yeah, I don't, that I don't know. I was gonna say, yeah, we have them down here in Texas. No, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I we yeah, we have like plaques marking certain. It's like the Texas Historical Commission, and they just have plaques kind of talking about the history of a, a place or a building, 
Well, um, I would assume so because remember yeah. the Greenbrier Ghost, um, they also have a plaque up talking about how it was the only case in uh, the state or whatever where a ghost's testimony or whatever was helped put what you know, something like that, something to that effect. But they do, it, do mention a plaque. I just don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Is it obvious that you, I wonder if people can tell who did the reports because like you remember all the details of the green buyer and I was like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but well, what I wanted to say was that, um, I, I, you know, I, I talked about how they've kind of just embraced the whole alien or that legend. Um, and they have a, a plaque at the at the cemetery that it, it has like it's the oldest known uh, graves there in the city and they date back to as early as 1860s and um, you know blah 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 and then it says located in the Aurora Cemetery is a gravestone of an of the no hold on oh that's not it Oh, this site is also well known because of the legend that uh, a spaceship crashed nearby in 1897 and the pilot killed in the crash was buried here. Um, so like they literally put it on like historical historical markers, too. So it's like they like I said, it's on the like welcome to Aurora sign. There's a UFO. So they have just fully embraced it. Um, I'm sure there's still citizens that are like just want to not have that to their name but i mean if it brings in attention to your city that's you know needs it then just take it i guess and i and i just looked up i think i said georgia right now i don't know if, or if i did i hope i didn't but I anyway so. the green briar i did i don't think you did <clears throat> oh, okay wrong. no it was uh the green briar ghost they do it is it does have a plaque that says state of west virginia on the top and it has like a seal Oh, and it's okay. Greenbrier Ghost, and it says interred in nearby cemetery, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. So I guess other states do do the same thing. I should, I should know. Clearly, I've not paid attention to plaques in other states, but well, I haven't really been to a lot of other states, so that's what I'm saying. I haven't paid attention. I will, I will say the the one thing that I have noticed from traveling in other states is Texas puts a fucking flag, Texas flag everywhere. Like you go to other states and it's like i remember the first time i saw a california flag i was like finally but it was like over the not the capital but it was an important building or something and i was like man you can find texas flags flying everywhere people's bumper stickers everything texas pants texas shirts texas hats good shit i mean i hadn't heard of this and it was in my home state that's why I wanted to do it too, because thought it was interesting. I was trying to look up why uh, area one one four, but eight one seven is the area code, and the postal code is like code, postal code is like a seven eight five zero six something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe back in the day. Maybe. Could be. Aurora. Let me see. Oh, what? Now it changed. Oh, t- Texas. It's, this is giving me Colorado. Texas. Yeah, 817 is the area code, and the postal code is 76078. 
Mm. So I was completely off. But mm. I knew there was a seven and an eight and a six in there and a zero. There's no five though. <clears throat> mm. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Oh, and it's area code eight one seven because the elevation is one hundred eight one hundred seventeen feet. So yeah, guys, if you would like to get into contact with us, check out our website at webelievedu.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media. So make sure you go like, follow, and share on Facebook or Instagram. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening site, such as Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you leave a review, we'll read that for you on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, caps, and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And go check out Pro Skull Alchemy for her purple collection. Yes, they're all purple. But all my other stuff too. Yeah, her other stuff too. Candles. I have a candle lit right now. (laughs) And finally, if you all want to reach us, besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the Contact Us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want. You can also send in your stories for our Stories of High Strangeness, and if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate them for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us, because we believe. Do you? Do you?